Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to the Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols and Doghouse from Federal Baseball on the line. After Jason Worth bails out the D.C. Strangler, Nats win 5-4 on Worth's walk-off <laughs> single in the ninth inning. So, uh, Dave, we'll cut to that ninth inning. Bryce Harper comes Ooh. on as a pinch hit. Stop <laughs> booing. Bryce Harper comes on as a pinch, pinch hitter with one out, uh, reaches first safely on a high throw from second. Danny Espinosa, really nice at bat there. Uh, might get lost in the shuffle, but really good day by Danny Espinosa all around and a really nice at bat there with a single two on. Uh, ben Revere lines out the left for the second out. Clint Robinson, another really nice at bat. Might get lost there. Uh, walks to load the bases for Jason Worth. Worth comes through with a low liner to center, brings in two runs for the walk-off win. The Nationals come back, 5-4 win in the nation's capital and a sweep of the Phillies. Well, it was an exciting conclusion to a game that shouldn't have been that close. Um, You know, I got to say, and and I was probably as harsh as critical as anyone with the hiring of Dusty Baker, but I got to say he did a masterful job today saving all of his left-handed hitters um, for the ninth inning today, and then and then seemingly picking the right ones to put in the right spot, um, at having uh, Robinson still there available, um, you know, saving Harper. He could have had Harper bat in the eighth inning when they got a man on. Um, he even picked the right spot for Ben Revere to make it out. So um, just a tremendous job there by Baker all the way around. Um, Jason Worth, um, you know, if clutch existed, he certainly came through in the clutch today. Um you know, like I said, uh, a much ex- much more exciting conclusion than it should have been, but the right outcome was there. The Nets swept uh, the Phillies, who, as I keep mentioning to people, are well on their way to 90 losses this year. <laughs> so, yes, he definitely, uh, even though Joe Ross singled in his seventh inning as bat, uh, bat, as Dave mentioned, he kind of wondered about Dusty Baker sending him out there, especially when he didn't bring him back out for the eighth inning, but... Uh, he's pushing all the right buttons, pulling all the right levers right now. Everything he seems to do uh, works out, whether it's switching up the lineup every day, getting everyone at bats and having those bench bats come through or saving the bats like Dave mentioned and having them available for that ninth inning. Uh, Jason Worth comes through with a big hit, but some managering going on there to get them to. Yeah, that that was actually the phrase that was in my head here. You know, we used to joke about manageuring uh, quite a bit back in the day and sort of making changes for the sake of making changes. But Justy certainly strikes me as a, as a guy with a plan, and he lays stuff out in advance. You know, uh, we talk about how he pencils in his lineups like a, a week ahead of time. You know your day off, and he gives you a day off. Doesn't care if you're hot or cold. He's got stuff set up. I think he approaches the game the same way. He has a, a sense of how things are going, and he'll adapt his plan. But he's got an idea of, I want to rest these guys unless I have a big situation. All right, I've got a bunch of lefties on my bet, so, bench, so I'll let my reasonably good hitting righty pitcher stay in and hit, even though he's, uh, he's, he's not, uh, I, I'm not going to send him out one more time. Uh, I, I'm not going to make the... the uh, the comparison of, of checkers and chess here for the managing style, but it's, it's certainly one step up from checkers. Let's, let's say Parcheesi maybe, or perhaps uh, the game of life. Uh, Dusty's doing a good job out there, uh, especially 
compared to certain other recent tactical managers we could mention, like, say, Matt Williams, who aren't very good. Oh, we, end we end up picking on Matt Williams again. Dave, it was tied in the ninth inning. Uh, they bring on Papelbon, not a safe situation, which I never liked using a closer. You know those guys are adrenaline junkies. You bring them on in a non-safe situation. He hangs a 2-2 slider or a hanging-ass 2-2 slider, as I called it on Twitter. Michael Franco does not miss, crushes it for a home run to left, 4-3 at that point. Going into the game, as we've mentioned numerous times, that slider just not working for Papelbon. Hitters had a 320 average against it. That goes up a little bit. Just absolutely crushed by Franco there and looked for a minute like the D.C. Strangler was going to choke on another one. <laughs> there's, exactly, there's exactly one hitter in the Philadelphia Phillies lineup that could start for other major league teams right now, and that's Michael Franco. And the idea that, that Papelbon, um, you know, you know, just it just puts it on the tee for him. I mean, that's you know, he, he got ahead. Of, you know, you just put that thing somewhere where he can't get a good swing on it. it. It's it's silly that we have to keep looking at this and looking at this and looking at this every other day. Um, Papelbon is is not a major league caliber closer at this point. He's barely major league caliber for mop up duty, and he's going to continue to to cost this team. You know, the Nats got lucky today that. that um, the Genmar Gomez uh, had absolutely nothing and, and and did a big big old bigger strangle job than the DC Strangler, um, but you know there's one guy on this team that you can't let hurt you and Papelbon did. And to to just, I'm going to shut up now because I'm going to start rambling and sound incoherent even more than normal. But you know we're just going to have to continue to suck this up and hope that the Nats can win despite um, the fact that they're going to have to continue to try south of Papelbon out of their closer. And it's is my job. <laughs> I find myself right now really hoping that we had a Pee Wee's Playhouse type of explosion every time someone said DC Strangler going forward. <laughs> like we used it. Doghouse, there was uh, Ken Rosenthal kind of joined Bill Ladson and what he had said about the Nationals' interest in adding back end relievers this weekend and his. Uh, full count videos that he does every once in a while. He reported that the Nats are, his sources are at least telling him the Nats are interested in Chapman and Miller, or at least some sort of a bullpen help towards the back end there. If the Yankees aren't willing to deal either of those two guys. He also mentioned they have some depth in Reynaldo Lopez, uh, 2015 pick Coda Glover, who's really turning heads in the minors this year. Uh, Rizzo, Rizzo on 106.7 The Fan this week said that uh, teammates trust Papelbon. There's no reason to replace him at this uh, How long you know he's going to say that publicly and what he really thinks, who knows. But uh, you, you can't keep handing a guy leads if he's going to keep on blowing him up. Like He didn't blow up a lead tonight, but he came on and gave up a huge blast there that could have cost the Nationals a uh, sweep of the Phillies. You're going into a series with the Cubs. You hate to go down on the down note like that. Luckily, Jason Worth picks him up, but we continue to see Jonathan Papelbon just struggling to get hitters out, and Slider in particular has just really been crushed so far this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Rizzo is going to be supportive of, of Papelbon and his public pronouncements right up until the day he's DFA. Um, if, if you want to improve the bullpen, you, you could go after, you know, Miller or, or some other extremely good uh uh, high high priced uh, relief talent, or you could just DFA Papelbon and bring back Matt Belisle. Uh, honestly, that would improve the bullpen. 
Not that Belial is that much better of a pitcher than Papelbon at that point, but you just move the good pitchers into the spots where you put good pitchers instead of having, you know, a bunch of uh, decent relievers for high leverage situations and then Jonathan Papelbon, who for some reason pitches at the end of the game. Um, you know, we, we've, we've beat this drum quite a bit already this season, and I think we're going to keep beating it right up until the day that Papelbon is DFA. Uh, he just he just doesn't have it, uh, and in the close game situation, he's he's gonna do his DC Strangler thing just like he did tonight. So get get someone else up there who can actually get some outs and miss some bats, and uh, send him back to uh, well, honestly, send him to Syracuse. Dave uh, Rosenthal mentioned Reynaldo Lopez, Cota Glover. I doubt you're going to see those guys come up and be put right into a closer's role if they did actually make a move, but they could add uh, depth to the back of the bullpen. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have a question here, but your thoughts on that? Uh, Rosenthal kind of stressed that the price the Yankees are going to ask is going to be exorbitant, of course, and you don't want to mortgage the future and give away a bunch of prospects, especially for a closer, in my opinion, but you think the Nationals have to do something here? I'm assuming you do because we've discussed this previously, but Papelbon keeps giving them up, so we keep on talking about it. Yeah, they got to do something. And, uh, frankly, you know, I'm with you. I, I would hate for them to, to trade a guy like Lopez um, for uh, – especially for Aroldis Chapman. If you're going to trade for Andrew Miller, that's a guy that you can put in your closer role and, and, um, and feel reasonably good about it. Um, Aroldis Chapman is, is, is you know – um, sure, he's got a great arm, but he walks almost as many as he strikes out. He's got the whole, uh, you know, domestic incident to, on top of everything else. Um, you know, as much as, as Rizzo um, has publicly stated that he wants high-character guys on his team, I just I would hate to see them make a deal for yet another non-high-quality guy, um, especially since they do have major league arms uh, in Syracuse, in, in, in Harrisburg, and quite frankly – I wouldn't mind them see. I wouldn't mind seeing them call up Lucas Giolito to pitch in relief at this point. Um, get him accustomed to pitching to major league hitters. Uh, get him some service time, and then when a, a spot opens in the rotation, you can move him in from there. Uh, he's been very good his last couple of times out in Harrisburg. Give him one or two more starts, and then maybe call him up and and get his feet wet. And you know, because they just they don't have a place for him in the rotation now, but they will at some point. There's no reason why they they can't get him up here. Uh, and, and start to get accustomed to uh, facing major league hitting. I don't think uh, Reynaldo Lopez is quite ready for that assignment yet, but I certainly think Giolito is. Uh, besides the point that they've got some good arms in Syracuse that they could call up. Uh, um, like Doggow said, you call up Matt Belisle, you push everybody up a spot. But, you know, Brian Harper's been very good. There are a couple of others. Um, you know, and we're, we, like you said, we are going to continue to talk about this ad nauseum, but he's just he, – he, he's not – Credible at the back of the pen anymore, and and they know it. If we know it, they know it. Um, and something's going to happen at some point. You just hope it doesn't cost the Nets too much to get to that point. I I have a hard time believing they're going to bring Giolito up as careful as they've been with him and use him in a relief role. It's not unheard of with other pitchers with the Tommy John uh, pitcher. I'm not sure if you want him going out there and completely changing the way he's been pitching so far, but. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they'll do that. I, I can definitely. I've heard more than a few people call for that and expect that maybe he's going to come up some point. Since as you mentioned, they don't have a spot in the, the rotation for him. But 
they got to do something at this point. And since we mentioned it a few times, so I guess we should probably explain that the DC Strangler thing, Jason Worth talking to Madison's Dan Colco, who is kind of flummoxed by what he had to say, uh, with that little beat up in the, celebra- in the celebration after his walk off, he said that he uh, knew he was in trouble when he saw the DC Strangler coming uh, too soon for this joke. Uh, is it good maybe to joke about it and kind of get, get, get that out of the way for national fans to move on for this? Maybe uh, sell some T-shirts from our site. Uh, honestly, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it is hilarious. Uh, yeah, Colco asks Worth about. You know, oh, it looked like they were, you know, beating on you pretty good out there in right field after you got the walk off. Uh, and and Worth says, you know, basically completely baiting Colco. Yeah, I knew I was in trouble when I saw the strangler coming at me. And Colco just dives right into that that opening and says, the strangler, who's that? And with this, this wonderfully sly twinkle on his face, Worth is like. You know, the D.C. Strangler. And just the look on Colco's face as he realizes he's been had and he's somewhere that he has no business being as a, as a representative of Madison. And he just says, well, let's move on. And it goes from there. But I, I am sure that this clip is going to be all over the, the, the highlights in, in MLB and, and anywhere you want to find it and, and gifs and vines all over the intertubes. It's worth going and, and going out and seeking because uh, – uh, honestly, Worth is a great interview. He doesn't talk to the press very much. Uh, I, I don't think he particularly enjoys it, but I, I think he was just in, in such a great mischievous mood tonight. And uh, it, the rest of it is really fun, too, just talking about how you can tell how excited he is, how happy he is with the win. Really a great little clip there. Um, go, go out and see it if you didn't have a chance to see this as part of the game. Dave, sweep the Phillies, take three straight, 39 and 24 on the year. Nice to get off on a good note because I mentioned the 43 and 18 Chicago Cubs coming in, uh, 43 wins after the win today. They took four from the Nationals in Wrigley Field earlier this season. Nats have the second best record in the NL behind only the Cubs. Uh, second best run differential, plus 75 to the Cubs, plus 151. Uh, after that series in Wrigley Field, Dusty Baker was asked what he, how he assessed things after that. He said that he was just looking forward to them visiting our house and coming to the nation's capital for this series. It's going to be a big one. Uh, it's still June, but this is about as big a series as it they've had so far this season. Uh, Nationals, I'm sure, are going to be looking to do something against the Cubs, even though if they lose every game this season, they could always pull the Mets on them and beat them in the postseason. Yeah, you know, you know, they're they're going into this the right way. You know, that they swept the soon-to-have 90-loss Phillies. Um, probably got an extra shot of it out of it the way that they won today. Um, they've been home for for half a week. They get the Cubs coming in on a road trip. Um, this is a perfect setup. This is a great barometer to see how good this team is and how well that it's playing right now. The Cubs um, haven't haven't missed a beat. You know, they haven't slowed down at all. Uh, they keep chugging along. They've got a couple of injuries right now, but they, they still keep winning. Um, between uh, Arietta and the rest of their starters, very strong starting rotation. Uh, top to bottom, they can hit. They might have a couple of uh, uh, loose spots there in the bullpen, but th- this Cubs team is a very good team. And, um, you know, I, I, I started saying it last year, they were my team to beat this year in the National League. So if the Nats are – um, going to try to stake a claim to that position. And, and right now with the second-best record in the league, that's all that they've got left to do. Um, you know, they just need to beat the Cubs this, this series, and it's going to be it's going to be a good time. It's going to be very interesting. They, they get to miss Arietta, I guess, which is uh, 
um, a, a bonus for them. But, you know, they're playing well. They're heading into this series with the, with the right attitude. So it, it's going to be a fun series to watch. 7:05 tomorrow night, 43 and 18 Cubs against the 39 and 24 Washington Nationals. Be there. If you're not there, you better be watching it. Kyle Hendricks versus Max Scherzer in the nation's capital. Five to four today. Nationals walk off on the Phillies. Someone want to say DC Strangler one more time? I did it. Matt Knightley, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. We'll be in DC for the Cubs series, so we'll come to you live from Nationals Park tomorrow night. Talk to you guys then. Don't ask. Thank you, Shayla.